Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We would like to thank the Video Game Timeline Show for sponsoring Budget Arcade. Did you know back in the late 70s, Atari made a stand-up football arcade game that was played completely with the trackball? How about a first-person shooter made in 1973 where you play as an eyeball and you wander around a Vetrex world? This hobby we love has been around for 50 years, and you don't know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. So I do recommend you check out the Video Game Timeline Show, where Jack and Evan will take you through the weird, the fun, and the interesting that the video game industry has to offer. You can listen to their podcast wherever you find your favorite shows, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora. I recommend you start with the episode called Football and Firetruck. Since Jack and Evan are from the UK, they aren't familiar with the rules of American football, and it's fun to hear them try to figure out how to play an American football game with nothing but a trackball. So that's the Video Game Timeline Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Budget Arcade, the free-to-play gaming podcast that helps you navigate through the growing realm of free-to-play games. We're also known as what, Scott? The number one free-to-play gaming podcast in the world. And my name is Jeff. And I am Scott. Oh, that's right. And uh, each and every other week, we decide to review a free-to-play game. And on the off weeks, Mark and I tend to just, you know, turn microphones on and see what happens. But obviously, Mark isn't here because he's afraid of conflict that he and I disagreed so vehemently on Mortal Kombat 95. And I served him a verbal beatdown that he ran to the hills. And so when it comes to reviewing Mortal Kombat 2021, uh, Scott is the only one brave enough to step up. You know, not only did he run to the hills, but he ran to Elliot of all people. And decided to yeah, do he, a episode with Elliot on Crossing Streams. Now, you can go listen yeah. to that wherever podcasts are available for you. However, this will be the better review because as uh, Mark's track record shows, as of last episode, he gave a thumbs down pretty much to uh, both games that we reviewed. And he was completely yeah. wrong. No, he gave a thumbs up to... Um Wild Rift. Yeah, but his opinion of it. It was reliable. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, as opposed to this breaking down to poop on Mark Week, we did watch the 2021 brand new, fresh out of the box version of Mortal Kombat. And uh, first off, Scott, what'd you think? I 
really, I thought it was amazing. I thought it did the franchise justice and was probably one of the best reboots of a video game series movie to date. Yeah, and I personally hope we get a sequel to this. That being said, um, f- I walked away a, from a what? little more disappointed than than some people but go ahead from what i've heard this is slated to be at least a three-parter well it depends on how well yes you know i mean so we'll get into the 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 hints at where the franchise is going um but i think both you and i agree uh we can say it at the same time the best part of this movie was kano 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 like so the whole thing last two weeks ago with Mark, I told him how much I loved Kano in that movie. And while the performance by Josh Lawson, I believe it's Josh. Yeah. Josh Lawson in this movie as Kano is heavily inspired by the original Kano in 95. He does a great job. He gets the best lines in this movie. He steals every. He stole the film. Well, I mean, not just the the scenes, but he stole the movie. Yeah, not only that though. Because of him, this is an R-rated film. Well, we had the gore. Yeah, but he's the only one dropping f bombs, and he did it repeatedly. And you know what is it? Two f bombs in a movie, and that automatically gives it a rated R. Yeah, um, which is fine. Once you go off the rated R, the rated R you know cliff you might as well just take as far as you can go and they did uh with the exception of nudity no nudity here uh so this is a family-friendly violent f-bomb movie yes for the first half uh for the what do you mean was it not violent and f-bomby in the second half oh, there, or are you just talking I'm about saying there was before let's stop real quick uh we're gonna fully spoil this movie yes this is your spoiler warning you need to turn off this podcast if you have not watched Mortal Kombat yet. If you don't care, listen on. If you've already seen it, great. This is, once again, your last warning because we are going to spoil this movie. So they kill Kano. Yep. Which is just so stupid. But, like, it, I it, get it. They didn't do him dirty like they did in their original one, though. <sighs> Here's my problem, though. And the same thing I said last time was that he is the Darth Maul of the Mortal Kombat 95. He's the best thing in there, and they bump him off. And Darth Maul is the best thing in the Phantom Menace, and they bump him off. And they did it again. Now, there is more than enough reason for him to come back. I mean, the Nether Realm is basically hell. So when Kano dies, where does Kano go? He probably goes to hell. But they did a really great twist with Kano. So I'm going to spend the whole movie talking about Kano because, or the whole podcast talking about Kano because, because largely who else stood out to you? Um, I mean, obviously the movie followed the lead Cole and he's not even in the MK franchise to begin with. And I'm surprised, like I, I'm, I'm really surprised that they didn't drop his character into the Mortal Kombat 11 game at the release of this movie. I hated the lead. I hated Cole. He's boring and whiny and he doesn't want to be there. And it's not, ah, he's so bleh. Yeah, but. See, that's my problem. He Like, if you take Kate. He was just a vehicle to bring Scorpion about. But you didn't need that. You had Scorpion. You know what I mean? Like, you're already immortal. 
Like he's immortal. Like we didn't need him. All right. So the call is here to, to be the, the eyes of uh, us, the average person learning about mortal combat. Right. So this movie is going to explain the general, the general lore of the mortal combat world to everyone else. So you have basically the same thing that you're used to. You've got your 10 tournaments and when one side wins 10, the other side gets invaded. And of course the netherworld has won nine straight tournaments. And so it's the same setup that you're used to from 95. Correct. They, I think the only difference in this one was how the fighters were chosen they were like either born with a mark that signified that they were chosen for Mortal Kombat because of their lineage, or if they happened to kill somebody that had the mark, they would inherit the mark from that person. And that's my second favorite thing about this movie. Yeah. Okay. Kano's number one. I loved the, the logo, the symbol being this mark. And it, of course, it's, it's reminiscent of the original Mortal Kombat logo that acts as them being chosen but it can be stolen so kano isn't even a chosen one that's what's so great about kano like they nailed one thing in this movie and like so kano is chosen because he killed one of the actual chosen ones he's not even supposed to be there and he's a criminal and he's a dirtbag and he's awesome so <laughs> like and he's like scott said he's cursing up a storm they, he fights Reptile at one point, and now Reptile is closer to what I would consider Lizard from Spider-Man than what I would consider Reptile from Mortal Kombat. Well, I mean, the later renditions of Reptile, that's spot on, because he's just a lizard. Whereas in the original yeah. Mortal Kombat, he was another iteration of the Sub-Zero-looking uh, character, the Scorpion-looking character, the Smoke-looking character, all that the Shadow Ninja-style was what Reptile was in the originals. But I know, like, as as the Mortal Kombat franchise has gone on, like in MK11, he is actually a bipedal uh, lizard man. Yeah, and I think that's part of my old-school Mortal Kombat showing through. And maybe it's why I didn't quite like this as much as some other people are. Because I, I, I like, to me, I like the costumes from Mortal Kombat 95 for Sub-Zero and Scorpion. They look like the ones from the video game. And here, they don't look bad. And Sub-Zero is one of the other strong points of this movie. Um, he's there's a, he's properly evil. He is the antagonist, along with Shang Tsung. But Shang Tsung almost plays like a bit part. Yeah. Um, that's what's frustrating to me about this movie. And is if it feels like the first part of a trilogy, like you said, but it felt like a piece of a movie. So I'm going to put on my Mark hat here and I'm going to say that this movie tries to tell too many stories. You've got your Sub-Zero Scorpion story and then you've got your uh, uh, Cole story and then you've got your Kano. Just take Cole and, Yeah, but I mean, it's there's multiple stories that are intertwining in this. Where, you know, that because of the way the movie starts, you think that it's basically the Sub-Zero Scorpion story, which it basically is. And then you've got the Mortal Kombat sprinkled in there as well. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's just, I don't know, it felt like 
Um, you know how when you watch, like, now I haven't seen the new Kong versus Godzilla, but you, you remember watching Alien versus Predator? Yes. And they have all these human characters that we don't care about, right? Well, don't get me started I, on that movie. Well, I'm not, but my point is, is I don't care. I don't need them in the movie. I just need aliens fighting predators. And that's Cole in this movie. Cole is the annoying human characters in these, in these big monster movies that we don't care about, but they feel like they have to put in there to move the story forward. All I needed was a tournament where they fight, right? And you want to talk about Kano not being, you know, done dirty like he did in the other one. They did Goro dirty. This is true. Goro is, and again, now, I, the perspective from maybe people who are more fans of uh, the the newer games might differ for me. Because I'm, I'm not as big into those. But to me, Goro is, is like Shang Tsung. You've got Shao Kahn, Goro, and Shang Tsung. Those are the big three baddies. Yes. And I know Quan Chi comes along later, but that's about where I start fading out. And... They Goro's barely in this movie. This is true. Yeah, they kind of did him dirty on this. Goro in this was... Oh, who was one that was barely in the first movie besides Kano? Kano had, you know, the big part, but was taken out early. But Goro, to me, his part felt... I'm You know, I'm blanking on the original movie. But there's there's definitely a character that they either took out too early or didn't get enough street time. I think you're thinking kind. of, uh, <laughs> of Annihilation because there weren't yeah any to me weren't I mean Kano was to me in the first movie was the one that was taken out way too early, um, but he at least had something. Kano in this is like they you forget that Kano even exists because they're more concerned about characters villains like Cabal. Yeah, who cares about Cabal? And he doesn't even look great. He looks like a dump. I wrote it down. Uh, I said, this is how I would describe Cabal. I said, it's a homeless predator voiced by the poor man's Ryan Reynolds. It's <laughs> awful. Uh, the, I would say so. That's accurate. <laughs> now, the other note I wrote is that Outworld is not a character in this movie. You're barely ever in Outworld. And there's a point in the movie where Jax is fighting some guy with a hammer, which I'm sure... Yeah, who was, the more who was that guy? Know. Um, uh, Ryko, R-E-I-K-O. Is he in the franchise? Because I've never seen him before. Um, let's there was a couple of characters. There was him as well as the, the harpy-looking chick. She's in the series because... Well, let me... Yeah, uh, yeah Ryko's in the series. Uh, he came about in Mortal Kombat 4. And again, that's about where I fell off. Uh, was Because... One through three is are excellent, and the Mortal Kombat trilogy is great. Um, so Raiko started in four, and then Natara was the harpy. And you talk about getting done dirty, yeah. So we got to talk about this scene because this is one of the other great scenes. Like, this is a mixed bag for me personally, but they did the violence correctly, right? Agreed. Mortal Kombat movies need to be rated R. And Nataro, uh, Natara is also from the games. And she is a harpy character. So Kung Lao is one of the worst parts of this movie because he has this punchable face. I hate his guts. And I wanted Kano to rip his heart out. I do get to see, though, when he fights Reptile, Kano does his fatality from Mortal Kombat 1 where he rips out uh, 
rep, uh, reptile's heart, which was awesome. Yes. So, <laughs> Shang Tsung and, and Kung Lao, and if you don't know who that is, Kung Lao has a razor blade hat. And Shang Tsung calls in backup. He's like, I have got something for you that's going to kill you. And Nitara, who is this woman with like dragon wings, she flies in, immediately is caught by Kung Lao. Kung Lao throws his hat down and it's spinning like a like a saw that would cut through logs. She, he, he rides her too. Natara through. Yeah, he rides her. I I don't know how to describe it. Like a surfboard. But he slides. Yeah, and then she falls in half. She cuts in half. It's awesome. Yeah, you've seen uh, Treasure Island, that cartoon, right? I don't know. No, he 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 pretty much rides her like the flying surfboard that that guy has in that movie, <laughs> and then just rides, great. drops her right into the and, ground where his hat is spinning like a buzzsaw. And then he drops flawless victory, is what he says. Which, for to its credit, in this movie is actually a flawless victory. This is true. Whereas in Mortal Kombat '95, Shang Tsung says that after a Goro fight, that was not a flawless victory, right? Goro got kicked and punched several times in that fight. You're not following the rules of the game. Yeah, even if you take, like, even if you block, you still take the small amount of damage that makes it not a flawless. Right. Whereas this it's one, he jumps on her, throws her into the hat, and she's dead. Definitely a flawless right. victory. And Accurate. Exactly. And then Shang Tsung grabs Kung Lao and sucks his soul out. This pisses off Liu Kang, who is... So, like, my big objection to this movie is everyone but Kano and Sub-Zero are like vanilla ice cream to me. They're not memorable in any way, in any positive way, certainly. Um, not even Baby Jack's arms? That was kind of, I, that almost felt like it was funny, but it wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, exactly, but I don't know that that's what they were going for. Um, I think it was supposed to give you sympathy for him because here's this guy, he lost his arms and now he has baby robot arms. So one of the things in this movie that I'm on the fence about, I'm not one way or the other on, but everybody, what is it? Not the chakra. What do they call it? That they have to get, they have to learn their oh, superpower. I don't remember what they called it. I know what you mean. It's, it's kind of like their chi basically. It, yeah. So like, if you know anything about comics in the Inhumans, they, you, they all get different powers, and that's basically what happens here, is if you're chosen or you have the mark, you can gain superpowers somehow. And it's not really explained, but it's different for everyone. It's kind of like, so like a Kano stress type of thing, because like, they piss Kano off to the point where he got his. Right, and a great scene. And Just a, Everything Kano does is good. Yeah, and the same with, uh, with uh, Cole, too. Like, he didn't get his until he was forced into a fight where he wasn't going to be able to win otherwise. Yeah, against Goro. Uh, so, and then Sonya gets hers, and I'm like, what are they going to give Sonya? And she has, like, these rings, laser beams that are, which I remember from the games, but it was just, like, it felt weird. Yeah, but, I mean, place. that is what she had. Right. It, Kano had a laser ball eye. Yeah, at least they were accurate with these powers. Um, Liu Kang had the fireballs that he could throw. He could summon the fire dragon to finish somebody off. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was. my. Now, so I, I do have my biggest issue with this movie, and it's going to be a weird one maybe, the music. 
there was only oh, yeah. one good song during any of the and fights, it, and it was like the a Scorpion Sub Zero one. Yeah, and it was a remix of the original Mortal Kombat so- right. song, but it was, it was like it only like touched on it a little bit. But yep, the rest I of the agree. movies, there was like no memorable music enough to be like, oh, this is this fits so perfectly with these fight scenes. Like the original Mortal Kombat, you had gravity kills on the soundtrack. You had um, mm-hmm. uh, what other? Uh, there was just like you had these industrial metal bands. Yeah, you had these industrial metal bands that were pumping out these high energy uh, fighting songs, and this movie just drops the ball on that. Right. You had a good chance to modernize this, but I mean, you can go back to Mortal Kombat 95 and there's, I said, to taste the things to come. And it's this, just this drum while all the fighters are going in and it's awesome. And it just sets the tone and it's atmospheric. This just really felt uninspired. And I think I could use that word for everything, but the performance of Kano. Yeah. Um, The violence is good. I liked Melina when, she finally opened her mouth all the way. I thought that was a cool effect. The CG's pretty good. Um, but like I was saying, out, I said Outworld's not a character. Most of Mortal Kombat 95 takes place in Outworld. And it is a character. And it looks different. And it's and sure, some of the CG doesn't look great anymore. But it's a it's a, a unique place. That's st- and it... Now- Talking about Outworld, I want to say one more disappointing thing about this movie that totally disappointed me so bad was the... F- Are you talking about Jax? Jax, the fight with Jax and the, the guy with the hammer. They're fighting... That's where I was going to go at. ...in the, yeah. the pit level of the original Mortal Kombat, and instead of uppercutting him into the pit, because it was the perfect time for it and would have fit so perfectly, they just did Jax's regular fatality. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That is such a letdown. Like, Mm -hmm. you could have used Jax to do his fatality on somebody else and had the pit pit fatality. That would have been so much better. Exactly. And it takes, I agree, that I thought the same thing when that happened. I I was like, you missed it. Here's the pit. Um, So... My train of thought. Did did Um, MK95 even have any stage fatalities in the movie? He dropped, uh, Johnny Cage dropped Kano off a cliff. Um, oh, yeah. Um, Shang Tsung dies in spikes. Okay. Essentially, at the end of the movie, he gets uppercutted into some spikes. It's not technically the pit level, but close enough. Um, and, of course, that was a PG-13 movie. Yeah. Oh, you know you know what I, I they said, could have done? They could have, he could have uppercutted that guy into the pit. And as soon as he did, and he killed him that way, we could have had smoke show up and then he could have finished him off with his regular fatality. Missed opportunity. So here's the problem is that the movie spends so much time with Cole that it takes away from everything else. The first like 40 to 50 minutes of this, barely anything happens. At the beginning, there's this awesome scene with, um, and I can't remember the character's name, but the guy who ends up being Scorpion... Yeah, he takes on Sub-Zero and it's this great fight and it sets up Cole's um, sort of origin a little bit. But again, I don't think you do without Cole. Um, And it's really great and it's violent and wonderful. And then you spend so much time with Cole 
doing stupid stuff for so long. And I, I, we got halfway through the movie and I knew I was going to be disappointed because it didn't have, it, we hadn't even launched into the stuff I wanted. So when we finally get to what resembles a tournament, which it really wasn't, it, it the fights were so short. Yeah. No, you're right. With the, let's, with the exception of Scorpion versus Sub-Zero, it was a, big letdown in the in the fight department yeah let's also talk about the weird dynamic between cole and his daughter like i it didn't click to me that that was his daughter i'm thinking it was like his stepdaughter in the beginning oh here we go no it's john wick all over again yeah yeah no it felt like (laughs) the way that they like interacted with each other it felt like it was more like his stepdaughter than his actual daughter yeah i i I can see that because she was her his corner man. He did like MMA in the basement and, you know, whatever. You know, I just, I was so let down that it took so long to get the, that's the thing. And like the sets that take place in Outworld are so claustrophobic and closed in. Yeah. Like there's no big scenery. Like even when you see this old guy on the throne, I think it's Shang Tsung or maybe some other elder. I don't remember, but he's up on this throne, but there's no scenery around. There's nothing to make out world interesting or feel like a unique place. Yeah. His throne is like in the middle of this, almost like a pillar that has a bridge along the, the, you know, you have to walk across the bridge to get to this, this throne sitting in the middle of a pillar that's over like this, the, the giant pit. And it's like, what is this? And then there's like, no, like, real backdrop so to speak behind where the throne is sitting it was kind of like blah yeah go back and watch mortal Kombat 95 and you'll see incredible scenery great props there i'm thinking of the time that right before the fight between Liu kang and uh reptile in 95 where there's these statues that line the roads and there's flames burning in them and they but they look kind of like maybe they were once alive like they sort of killed these people yeah. and then post stuck them on post and now use them as lanterns which tells you so much about the world and how cruel it is and it does it so quickly and I, to me and this is where I'm going to kind of get to the point Mortal Kombat 95 is to me is superior to this movie because it feels like Mortal Kombat, despite being PG-13 and not being able to do all the super graphic fatalities, I think it's true to the characters. A, it has Johnny Cage in it. And I know they tease at the end of this movie that Johnny Cage will be in the next one. But this movie needed him because if you cast the right person to be Johnny Cage, like Lyndon Ashby was so charismatic and fun to watch it would add another, at least one more element because all we had was Kano. And once he got killed, to me, it was like, well, what's left? And the other thing is that the trailer shows off so many of the great things in this movie. It shows off like there's a part where Sub-Zero cuts Scorpion, freezes his blood into a dagger and stabs him with it. That would have gotten me out of my seat in the theater but it was in the trailer. Yes. You know, and the w- I knew it was coming. And the weird thing about that, all that, almost that entire fight scene was in the trailer, but they didn't show Cole one time during that fight scene in the trailer, which they is sh- interesting. Been in this- like, Cole, like, I don't get it. And the problem is, is they've set him up 
So the end of the movie, he's being put on a mission to go find more warriors. And they hint strongly that the first person he's going to go see is Johnny Cage. And I'm like, this guy's got to be in the movie still. Yeah. Well, and I hope they do to him like they did to Johnny Cage in Annihilation and kill him immediately. <laughs> or maybe maybe like Kano comes back from the dead and kills him to get a mark back. I don't know. But just get rid of Cole. He's awful. I, I would like... Or, sorry, no. I mean, I, I did like the fact that there wasn't a single chosen one, like in MK95, where Liu Kang was, quote-unquote, the chosen one. Right. Whereas this one, if you have a mark, you are a chosen one. So that was nice that there was multiple chosen for the Mortal Kombat, whereas uh-huh. instead of just the one person. And uh, did they... I don't remember. Like, the other than Sub-Zero and Scorpion... They didn't really show off any other character's powers. Maybe Liu Kang. Did, I don't know. Did he throw a fireball in the first movie? Oh, in the first movie? He does kind of at the end. It's this little graphical thing. Eh, I mean, it's borderline, but no, not really. Yeah, so those were the only ones. They kind of like... I liked how they showcased the character's powers more off in this, mm-hmm. this movie. Because they could. You know, the CG's up to date where you can do stuff like that and it looks fairly realistic. Yeah. I do, I have no real problem with the special effects. I really just, it comes down to, I really wish the characters were better and more fleshed out. I wish Cole wasn't in this movie. They could have just made Liu Kang. They could have done this same story with Liu Kang where Liu Kang is the guy who doesn't know about Outworld and Sonya and Jax bring him in. And then we can kind of short convince that or remove it completely. Why not have the world already exist? I don't I mean, just the first like 45 minutes of this movie don't need to be here. No, they should have. Um, sh- you know what? You know what it should have been? It shouldn't have been Cole. It should have been Johnny Cage in that role. Yes, exactly. It could have been find some comedian who can throw a halfway decent punch who's super handsome and and nowadays with the training that these actors go through to learn how to do this stuff they can probably train you know i mean cast the rock oh yeah like i mean now granted that's a lot of money but if the rock was johnny cage and then like he i don't i mean he's kind of big but he just someone he would be able to pull it off though like, I think so, too, because he fits Johnny Cage, right? Oh, yeah. He'd be able to to be that charismatic guy who can also play. He's too big for his britches, and he's signing autographs, and just, I mean. All right, so. And yes, what, that fixes the film. What current wrestler would you put in the role of Johnny Cage? I don't know, because there's only three of them that can act, right? The Rock, who's not really a wrestler much anymore. Batista, who's not really a wrestler anymore. And John Cena. Um, Ooh, John Cena the, might be able to pull it off. And he's yeah, big enough to... He's funny. It doesn't fit perfectly in my brain. I'd, I'd like The Rock a little better because of his swagger. And, uh, and granted, he'll get butts in the seats. But also, granted, he costs $15 million you know, or however much he gets paid. But, uh, I mean, just, I would almost like maybe look, I don't know. 
Like Lyndon Ashby, I'd never heard of him before, but he was perfect as Johnny Cage. So they'd probably just find someone I've never heard of who auditions well and can do some martial arts. Well, you know, since he's not doing Captain America anymore, we could always get uh, <laughs> Chris Evans. Chris, Evans, Chris Evans would be really good. Yeah. And he's already built yeah. for it, too. And he has the, the, that not so much with his Captain America roles, but his basically everything else he's ever played. That would work really well. Yeah, his, yeah, his Johnny Storm, he could pull over to Mortal Kombat for Johnny Cage and it would work well. I like that a lot. Yeah, so we just fixed your movie. Um, now, if a sequel comes out, I'm going to watch it. And I don't hate this movie as much as it sounds like I do, but I was really ready for it. I was so excited. And I I I prefer 95. I think it's I think it's more fun. It's better. Now, I had asked you to do I don't think you've had a chance to yet, but on HBO Max, which if you've watched Mortal Kombat through legal means, uh you probably have, there is a movie on there called Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. It is way better than this movie. It's like it focuses more on Scorpion versus Sub-Zero. You do have Liu Kang and you have Sonya and you have Jax. And you might even have a similar number of characters, but there's no Cole. And it's just a lot more violence, a lot more fighting. It's wonderful. Go watch that. And hopefully that there is going to be a sequel to that. The guy that made it says he has plans for three, but I don't know if it made enough money. But anyway, go watch that. It's way way better no i gotta say as much hype as there was around this i was not disappointed i did enjoy the movie yeah i mean it and 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 jason from film soliloquy feels the same way he's like i don't understand why people don't like it and i get that and also it could be that i don't people probably maybe saw cabal or that guy with the hammer i'm like oh yeah I don't know who they they are, you know, if they're not in Mortal Kombat one through three, I'm totally lost. Yeah, no, I get that. Well, uh, was there anything else to say about this movie? Uh, Shang Tsung is not as good as the Shang Tsung from the original one. Uh, I thought Raiden was fine. Um, Sonya's about the same. I, so my biggest problem with the original mk was the fact that none of the character or none of the actors were built like any of the characters because you know that wasn't a thing back in the 90s where an actor would go so far to do a role that they would like put on a lot of muscle and look the part whereas i think these characters look the part except for sonya she still could have been bigger in my opinion well i thought Liu kang in the original he had a nice frame. Yeah, no, he did. But he was also ac- actually a martial artist to begin with. Right. That really helps. And But I know, like, Lyndon Ashby doesn't, I don't know, I don't even care because he did everything else right. Yeah. Like, the charisma, like, he's Johnny Cage to me. That's what I want out of Johnny Cage. I want the Lyndon Ashby one. Yeah, and, and Kano, so that Kano's a big so fat much. guy anyway, so it works you know, you just, he wasn't fat. He was built. He just wasn't. Well, cut. I mean, yeah, but he's like a heavier set, big guy, not like a, yeah. this Kano was a little more skinny for my taste, the new one. Yeah. And then, and the, the Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat 95 is head and shoulders 
above this one. This Shang Tsung is so forgettable. And I think that's the thing that gets me the most about this movie. I didn't care about Liu Kang. I, the only person I liked was Kano. And there's a twist that they do with him where he's on the good guy side. And even halfway through the movie, he does a turn. And I thought that was great because, yes, that's what Kano would do. Yeah. You know, he gets offered money to switch sides. Yep. That's what Kano would do. He would switch sides because that's where the money is. And I loved that. Just like, so I don't know who wrote the Kano stuff and then who wrote the rest of this movie. (laughs) Well, uh, that's it for us. I mean, uh, you're going to go see us. Well, you liked it. So, and that's fine. I'm not, if you like this movie, excellent. Me as an old school Mortal Kombat guy, I was a little let down. That being said, if you want to let us know what you thought of the movie, you can go to facebook.com slash budget arcade, Twitter and Instagram at budget arcade. Don't forget twitch.tv slash budget arcade podcast, as well as tiktok.com slash budget arcade (laughs) budget arcade podcast. Uh, Our music is also provided to you by Stimage. Uh, you can find us music at metrometal.com. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash budget arcade and, um, you know, just see what we what we got going on over there. Help us out. Any, what did I forget? Mm, that sounds about right. All right. Well, game on. Game on. Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.